Welcome to the Just Begin podcast where we speak to people who just begin and all things business, motivation, wellness, and so much more because you never know who you might meet, so just begin. Hello and welcome back to Just Begin podcast. It is your host, Melly. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Before we get into the conversation, I would like to please ask if you may leave a review and rate the podcast it would mean so much to me as i love doing this podcast and i really want to help make it grow so all the reviews and any love that you can send my way means so much and so yeah let's get into today's conversation so as you see from the title it is fears that keep us from beginning therapy and today I had the opportunity of speaking to Olivia Verholst. She is a licensed psychotherapist working at a group practice in Manhattan, New York. As a therapist, Olivia's goal is to help you explore the roots of your feelings in attempt to understand yourself better, challenge you in a unique and collaborative way, and work proactively toward everyday solutions. Olivia has experience in working with diverse populations, genders, and age groups, while maintaining an individualistic and culturally sensitive approach tailored to each patient's needs, her main focus is on trauma, relational, conflict, and anxiety. Olivia is completing her Certificate of Trauma Studies at the Manhattan Institute for Psychoanalysis and is also working towards her Certificate and Perinatal Mental Health. Olivia's objective is to bring a sense of genuineness and authenticity to her work, committed to a safe and open therapy environment. It is Olivia's belief that the latter we speak about mental health, the more we protect others from suffering in silence. And that was truly our goal for today's episode and having this conversation. As you will see in the episode, I have personally never been to therapy and it's something that I'm dealing with. And I think after this conversation, I feel just a breath of fresh air and, and I'm definitely more interested in going down that path soon. So it was a really great conversation. So if you are someone that hasn't felt like they're just too scared or you have some pre ideas of what therapy is and you're a little nervous or you don't feel that you should do it or you don't see the need really, this is a really good and open conversation that me and Olivia have and I invite you to listen to it now. And again, if you may please leave a review and rate the podcast, it would mean so much. So let's get into today's conversation. Hi, Olivia. Thank you for joining the Just Begin podcast. Um, For everyone who's listening here, if you can just give yourself a brief intro to who you are. Hi, Melly. I was just saying thank you so much for having me today. I love your platform and there's such a beautiful spirit there. Um, I'm Olivia. I'm working at a group private well, group practice in Manhattan called Let's Talk Psychological Wellness as a psychotherapist. Um, And I have a focus, I'm not sure how much is gonna be in the introduction there, but I have a focus on trauma, um, anxiety, relational conflict, and things of that nature, though I do work with a broad range of presenting issues. And I'm happy to talk with you today about fears um, surrounding therapy. Yes, thank you so much. I think it's such an important, topic because 
to be um, very transparent, I haven't necessarily done any professional therapy. So that's why I thought this would be a really good conversation to have because I'm someone that hasn't necessarily done any. So I thought it'd be a good um, conversation for us to have. And so before we get into the, like the details of all of that, um, how, for those who don't know, what is a psychotherapist exactly? Cause I feel like the word is like kind of, you know, like, Oh, what does that mean? Cause I know there's different tiers or different um, branches of therapy. So if you can just kind of, for ones who don't know. What it is. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I think psychotherapy is kind of what you imagine when you're thinking about talk therapy. Um, there is a lot of different therapies out there, but typically um, it's a safe and non-judgmental space where you process through psychological and emotional issues with a professional. And there are a lot of different orientations and techniques to help people, which is great um, because the spectrum of help um, that you can seek from psychotherapy is vast. And um, this might look like you're experiencing any broad range of issues that the human condition is susceptible to, whether that be daily hardships, relational hardships, depression, anxiety, grief, PTSD. I could keep going, but I won't. (laughs) (laughs) And looking for support and some tools through it, or maybe to better understand how it impacts you. This is the space that you would go. Mm -hmm. So I know right now like when in the media or even social media as well like anxiety depression like everything is just kind of like they maybe some people are abusing the word a little bit of like I'm depressed or I'm anxious to have this and stuff like there's so many people speaking on it which is great that there are people you know coming forward and expressing their emotions for someone who how do they know when it's time for therapy or if they need to seek it or like you don't necessarily have to go through a very traumatic event, I'm sure to, you know, have therapy. So that's why for me as well, like, I guess I've never gone into the path of starting therapy because I haven't felt that I necessarily needed it per se. However, I do get anxiety. I'm stressed. I'm not perfect. So I guess that's kind of my question is when do you know when you need to seek therapy? I love this question. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also a hard question to answer because there's so many different ways to answer it. So Mm -hmm. I'll start by saying, um, I think that there's a misconception that to go and you might see my cat in the background, by the way, um, to go into into therapy um, is because you need it. Sometimes people just want it. Um, Mm -hmm. And to even just want to be in therapy, I think meets the criteria to be Mm -hmm. in therapy. And I would assume that there's something there that's worth exploring. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so further, I would say that if you find yourself feeling particularly stuck somewhere in your life, um, chronically stressed or anxious, sad, and you don't know why is something I hear often, struggling with something that is reducing your quality of life somehow, or that you and others around you tend to worry about frequently. These are all signs that you could really benefit from therapy. And I'll also add, um, if something you're going through or struggling with is beginning to interfere with work or school or Mm -hmm. relationships, Mm -hmm. that's also kind of a great sign that therapy, it might be a great time to start it. Mm -hmm. And so that I also think another element too is kind of growing up or even in the media, like we see therapy as like, 
an old man sitting at the end of a so uh, you're sitting on a sofa there's someone there and you're expressing your feeling and they're like dissecting you and I feel like for someone who hasn't been to therapy if you can just kind of give like what an an easy description like what is it like like a a session with you let's say or a session in therapy (laughs) I mean I think it looks like a lot of different things Mm -hmm. Um, because I work in a way where I work um, insight oriented, which mm-hmm. means maybe that falls into more of a psychodynamic orientation, mm-hmm. if you've ever heard about that. Uh, maybe- Not necessarily. You can kind of get into a little yes. more. Yes. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of different, very valuable um, and effective forms of therapy. Mm-hmm. One way that I work is psychodynamically. That's how I'm trained. Um, mm-hmm. So I am very interested in the way in which your development, childhood, parenting styles, um, and how your past experiences impact your present and impact mm-hmm. the world as you see it around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I work from that type of lens, but also integrating in daily mindfulness and behavioral techniques, because mm-hmm. I don't want to just rely on insight alone. Sometimes we really do need to be working on coping tools. Um, and we really do need tools to kind of bring with us in the day to day. So that's kind of how I work. And a typical session, you know, for some reason, I'm thinking about a first session with someone. Okay. Um, someone might come in and a lot of the first few sessions is that rapport building Mm -hmm. um, is kind of introducing ourselves to one another and creating a space that feels safe. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think safety when I think therapy. And I think that's something that you want to look for in a therapeutic experience. You want to look for that very positive rapport with the therapist that's going to take the work so far. Um, and, and it doesn't look like, um, <laughs> <laughs> like movies. <laughs> no, no, not necessarily. Yeah. Um, and I'm meeting people remotely right now. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it looks like meeting a mom in a bathroom while her kids are on the <laughs> other side of the door. Um, yeah. Sometimes it looks like meeting someone, um, you know, in a really, Um, loud environment in the home. Other times it looks like them sitting really contently in their own private space that feels really safe to them. So I think it looks like a lot of different things right now. Yeah, I think that's incredible because it's not necessarily what we see on TV or whatever it is changing. And I know even after the pandemic, I know from what I've read, tons of people have now sought out therapy to kind of deal with the, like the micro traumas, even the macro traumas of what happened to all of us. And, you know, I think kind of before we get into more detail, I wanted to know how did you know you wanted to get into this field? Because I feel like it definitely, it must take a lot of energy from you or to some aspect, I'm sure you have the tools to kind of separate yourself. But um, how did you know you wanted to get into this? So I am one of those therapist nerds that Mm -hmm. have known from a very early part in my life. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) This was the journey for me. And, you know, it kind of started off with kind of started off with being a highly sensitive child, um, Mm -hmm. someone who was very attuned to the specifically feelings of others around me. Um, Kind of like an empath. Empath, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
this is so embarrassing to say out loud. I have this vague memory of being in, I think, first or second grade, um, being the having this running joke with my friends where I was the playground psychologist. <laughs> oh my gosh, how crazy is that? Wow. You're all you always knew what you were meant to do then. That's amazing. I did. I did. It was always there. It was always there, mm-hmm. but the the why and the how is what mm-hmm. evolved over the years. Mm-hmm. So for instance, I'm not a psychologist. I pursued mm-hmm. a counseling master's degree. Mm-hmm. So going back to that broad term psychotherapist, mm-hmm. you're talking about mental health counselors, psychologists, social workers. Um, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I've kind of always known. And then I just pursued all the steps um, to get there as soon as I could. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So I think that was a good um, explanation, because I do get confused in the psychologist, psychotherapist, like I said, and I think that's important to defer, because I feel like there is just like a broad blanket term over yeah. this. I mean, if you are, if you come from for me, I have a Cuban background. So I have a Latino family and therapy was just never spoken about. Like, I just didn't even know what it was other than, you know, watching Sopranos on TV and wow. stuff like, yeah. <laughs> so watching, you know, other TVs that, or movies that have it. So that wasn't necessarily anything that I thought about or, or you know, and like the term of like, oh, that's only for crazy people or stuff like that. And I think that's such a wrong way of thinking, but I don't blame my family at all. They, their parents told them that they don't know any better. So, so, so by the way, when we're talking about psychodynamic therapy, mm-hmm. we're talking about understanding just what you just said, mm-hmm. where does um, the introduction to the, to topics of mental health come from? Where does mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And I think, um, that looks, there are so many, I'm sure you get this all the time, just hearing from other people's perspectives of what they know when it comes to therapy in the sense, like how I just said, oh, my family never was into it, or maybe had a family that were like, did seek it out and stuff. So I feel like there's those different elements. So I know to kind of circle back to the topic of fear that keeps us from beginning, from beginning therapy what do you see are like the common fears? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wrote some down here because it's such a rich topic that I Mm -hmm. actually can do it justice. So yeah, (laughs) I'm I'm ready. (laughs) Um, So I broke I broke down some points here and already hit on some within this Mm -hmm. first within number one, Um, Mm -hmm. stigma and social stigma. Right. And I think some of the points that would come up here is this idea that therapy is only for dire issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so we fear that we won't fit the criteria somehow. And I am here to tell you, like I said before, um, the, the human condition is reason enough to seek therapy. Um, mm-hmm. you That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's a great way of saying it. Yeah. You pass the test mm-hmm. if you walk in the room um, mm-hmm. in the Zoom waiting room breathing. So. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so that's, that's one thing I would hit on. The other is the same idea that you just mentioned, which is, um, therapies only for crazy people, whatever mm-hmm. that, 
Um, <laughs> we fear that that we'll be judged for going to therapy by those around us, mm-hmm. or that maybe they'll grow skeptical of us somehow for seeking treatment. And um, I hear this less and less these days because of how outgrown that notion is, but also because everyone's doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually think, and I'm interested to hear what you think, mm-hmm. that therapy is being seen and talked about a little bit more as a green flag these days. Yes, for sure. It is. It <laughs> yeah. is. I, and, and that's why even for me, it's like, I feel kind of FOMO sometimes. I'm like, I wish I could talk <laughs> about it. You know, because I, I just haven't done it yet. And so even like getting, getting preparing for myself for this podcast, I was like a little nervous. I was like, oh my God, I haven't done it. So like, I don't know how much I can say, but I know this is another like gateway for me to kind of start that journey. And maybe I can even speak about it more with you um, after this <laughs> recording, because I have felt FOMO because everyone is like, you know, it's <laughs> a, such a great green flag. And you're like, uh, not a token but like you know it's like a form of self-care and like I'm all about that so like I want to be my best self and I've read and it's like to be your best self like you know therapy is so important it's not even just so for um you know if you need help from a relationship or a family trauma like there are like highly successful people seeking therapy just to be better business people from what I've read so that's why I'm like I need to I I feel so FOMO I love this topic, FOMA and therapy. And I actually think, Melly, you're the the perfect person to be running this podcast, uh, this episode specifically, because um, you're you're challenging some Mm -hmm. some of your preconceived beliefs. Yeah. You're expanding them a little Mm -hmm. bit. I'm glad that you- That's true. Yeah. (laughs) And I said it like almost the things that you said, I literally said them as yeah. I got into the episode. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to finish the, or if you're, are there any more um, fears that get people yeah. into there? Yeah. So I broke it down into, um, into six fears. I want to talk about today. Number okay. one, stigma and social stigma. Um, if we have time, of course, um, I would say that we, awesome. I would say that maybe, um, yeah, so maybe another one under stigma can be that going to therapy is being seen, can be seen as an act of weakness mm-hmm. somehow. Um, and I can confidently say I have never once sat in a therapy room with a weak person. I'm not even sure I know what that is. Um, I'm typically <laughs> sitting with people who are actively putting themselves in uncomfortable conversations, um, which I believe is probably the most resilient and brave act of all in this society. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we're all kind of coming around to this idea that vulnerability is actually one of the greatest strengths and can probably make the world a better place. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's another fear I'd speak to. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's that on social stigma and stigma, just because we could keep going. (laughs) No, I want to hear more because I have some questions already, but I want to hear a little more. Yeah. Um, I think number, I mean, a second fear I wanted to hit on is the fear that therapy may not help people. Mm. Um, and Interesting. That's, that one's yeah. really hard. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it can feel sad and isolating at times for people. It can kind of manifest um, something I hear often is I am so fatally flawed or I'm so inadequate that therapy couldn't even help me. Mm. And so already it's clinical, right? yeah um already it's a it's a topic for therapy Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, already. Because that type of narrative can often come from trauma, specifically complex trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can also come from a place of depression and low self-esteem talking, among mm-hmm. other things. So all of the things that I just mentioned, therapy is renowned for helping support. Um, so because I think the trick is you're, you're not fatally flawed. Again, this is a narrative that can include some distortions in it, that therapy can be the space to help you understand where that came from and hopefully unlearn and undo some things there. Yeah. And I think, you know, kind of getting back into that, it's, it's you, we shouldn't be scared. And I, and I think I, I'm not necessarily scared to do therapy. It's like I said earlier, I always felt like, I don't know, guilty might not be the right word, but I feel like I, it's like, I haven't, I've lived such a great life, very privileged life. And I feel like, what do I have to complain about (laughs) type of thing? And that's kind of, I think the mentality that I grew up in of like, you know, immigrant parents, like, what do you have to complain about? We're so grateful. We're here. You have so many opportunities. Like, what can I complain? So I think that's like that mind it's something in my head or to me it's like it's so hard to kind of get past that we're kind of doing a therapy session right now (laughs) (laughs) you're bringing such great awareness really what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. how typically that narrative Mm -hmm. um, around therapy was handed down yeah um right we didn't necessarily come up with that ourselves Mm -hmm. um and so in that way you know a lot of the work is um unlearning some things but also integrating in for this example, mm-hmm. I'm kind of be um, grateful if that's something that works for me, if that's something I can access and feel, um, mm-hmm. if it's applicable, but also um, be open to experiencing and feeling hard things. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of the best takeaways from this. Like if you are fearful, I guess just be open to it. That's kind of some advice we could say. It's like be open to the idea. Like don't be so close minded to it all. Yeah. A lot of the work that takes place in the therapy room, mm-hmm. uh, and in this case, going into therapy, is feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. The fear yeah. is completely normal and valid. Let's just yeah. let's state that. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the slogan, actually, of just begin. It's like, even if you don't know where to start, just begin. So it's kind of like the whole thing is like, just begin. So I love that. Yeah. I so be a good mm-hmm. bit. <laughs> yeah, this is, it is. It is. And so I guess now my next question for now, okay, so what are, if someone, okay, let's say like I now want to start therapy, what are, what should I look for in a therapist or like, what are the practices I should look for? What are the things I should seek out? Because I actually saw this funny, I think it was a TikTok one, or it's like, someone said that finding a therapist is like dating um because they have to kind of okay do I like this person are we gonna like do they understand me so if you can kind of get into those details yeah how yeah it's one of those amazing kind of uh, layered questions where there's so Mm -hmm. many ways we could talk about it so for instance in terms of what you might initially be seeking Mm -hmm. uh, you have more answers to that as the patient than I would yeah Um, by that, I mean, um, depending on what you're struggling with, mm-hmm. you may look up different techniques online to help 
support and explore that. If you've gone through trauma, you want to find trauma trained therapists. Mm -hmm. If you're going through things where you really respond to these behavioral changes in life and you need someone to help you with that, Mm -hmm. you might be looking for a cognitive behavioral therapist. If you're looking to better understand some self-defeating patterns that started and took origin very young for yourself, you might want a psychodynamically inclined therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so many others that we could get into too. Mm -hmm. Um, But so, so that's where I might start. But then secondly, um, I think you generally want to be having a therapeutic experience where you feel like you can safely be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Um, You feel like the therapist is present with you and connecting Mm -hmm. um, where you feel Um, I mean, I really just think safety is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's going to be instances, and there is all the time, where therapists, you you just may not click with one. In fact, I think it's important we kind of normalize that when talking about getting a therapist, because there's this notion of, um, well, I went to therapy, I tried, it didn't really work for me. Yeah. And I think that's what kind of gives me a little fear, too. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I have to sign up to talk to a stranger that, I don't know who they are. I'm not sure what they're going to think of me. Like, it's kind of like going on a first date, you know, that's why I saw yeah. that funny um, um, video. And I was like, Oh my God, I never thought of it that way. Like, I guess it kind of is. And that's what it also got me a little nervous about even trying it. So I think what you said, we should normalize that you do, you, maybe you will go through that experience. Like maybe you don't click with the, per- with the therapist and that's okay. And what we're Mm -hmm. doing right now is expectation management. Mm -hmm. So to have that going into therapy, expectation management can look Mm -hmm. like click with this guy or with this girl right away. And Mm -hmm. I want a chance to see if I can. But if I can't, um, how can I navigate this in a way where I, I don't panic? over that um you know and how can I maybe give this one more chance with someone else Mm -hmm. and sometimes that's um it's useful to get a referral from somebody Mm -hmm. Um, another way um to find a therapist is um go on psychology today or Zaka and you Mm -hmm. can kind of filter through preferences there which is Mm -hmm. really that's good that's good to know and I know that you have mentioned like the different um I guess techniques is the word you'd say of like what um, you can look for of what to kind of self not self-diagnose, not the right word, to kind of figure out what is it that you want done? Like how, is there like a, a link or somewhere where someone can read just more information on the sense of like the, just the different techniques that there are, or maybe you can kind of get into, let's say like two or three, of the most common ones, let's say, uh, that yeah. someone would need. Yeah. Well, so what, I mean, a short answer to that is mm-hmm. I would absolutely do research before therapy, especially if this is something that's creating for a little bit of anxiety. Mm-hmm. You can look up different therapeutic orientations or therapeutic okay. techniques online, mm-hmm. and that kind of help inform the process a little bit as to how you arrive at someone. Mm-hmm. But then ultimately, once you're in the room with a therapist that maybe came to you through a referral, maybe you saw this person's bio online and were like, wow, I kind of like this message mm-hmm. that the therapist is, is putting forward. It's a great time to bring it up in the room. Okay. Like 
I, I'm thinking about myself and the way that I respond best to things. And I notice mm-hmm. X works for me. Do you do that? Can you mm-hmm. offer me that? Um, so I think feedback to your therapist can be a really useful tool as well. That's good advice. Cause it's like kind of being your own advocate as well. Cause nowadays, like even when you're at a, a doctor or someone, people are asking like, Oh, have you done this? So it's like, why not do that? I guess with in the, in a therapy setting as well. And I think that's great advice because maybe the therapist can't read your mind. So what is it that, you know, that you're looking for to get done? And I think like right now, I think maybe let's get into like a specific, um, let's talk about anxiety. Mm-hmm. Is that it's something that I hear all the time and I, I wouldn't say I, I struggle with it as intensely as maybe others do, but I feel like the general population now has some sort of anxiety. And so when it comes to anxiety, what are some tools that someone can, you know, take away from this conversation to kind of help them when it comes to if they're feeling anxious or at all? So I'll tell you where my mind goes. Um, It goes to a few different places. One is that, yes, everybody to a certain degree does have anxiety. For Mm -hmm. some people, it's more present and at times even debilitating, other times intrusive and just difficult to manage Mm -hmm. um, others. And in which case, I think therapy is just a wonderful space to bring that to. Um, And I think the different techniques that one is going to use is going to be directly related to how that anxiety shows up. Mm -hmm. One more um, general technique that I find so many different presentations Mm -hmm. of anxiety um, benefiting from is breath work um, and is grounding mindfulness. Mm -hmm. So if you can find a grounding exercise that works for you, I know a lot of people that do um, different types of breath work. One is in for four, holding for four, and then releasing, like sighing out, hearing out for four for a few minutes to recenter mm. that can be um one thing that's quite useful mm-hmm. but the list can really go on and on yeah <laughs> you're like I have so many different techniques <laughs> that's a great question yeah because um I just because I, I see it you know I read it all the time of like or I see everyone's like I'm anxious on this and sometimes I'm like even when I use the term I'm like I feel like it's not like, it's not, I don't want to say the politically correct, but I feel like it's kind of taking away from the word so much because everyone's like, I'm anxious, I'm anxious. I'm like, do we even know what being truly anxious is? I don't know. Or is it like, can everyone just be anxious or so many forms of it? So maybe it's okay. So that's where it's something that kind of like in my head, the way I think about it. Yeah. You're kind of getting yeah. into the um, comparison trap that we can fall into yeah. unintentionally, either gaslight ourselves or um, I'm the queen of, of that, I guess, myself. <laughs> <laughs> but it's quite common this idea yeah. of um, we're kind of going back to that fear of of to get help to say out loud with I'm strug- what I'm struggling with. Mm-hmm. Um, there would need to be a dire issue. Like, no, you know yourself. If you're feeling a little anxious, you can say I'm feeling anxious. There's a spectrum, Um, you know. And so even in that, you know, where I see this kind of phenomenon come up a lot is in comparing traumas. 
Mm-hmm. Like they had it worse. So who am I to even really talk about yeah. it? It's really bothering me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's never useful. It's never useful to compare traumas. At least I've never seen it be useful. <laughs> so <laughs> no, I think that's great advice. Yeah, because I, I, I find myself doing that too in other situations. Like I said earlier, it's like, what do I have to complain about? I have to, I've been given so much. What is there to complain? I have a great life. My parents, you know, sacrificed so much for me. Why? I have no reason to be sad or anxious. And I think, I guess that's just some the way I guess I was just grew up, like you said, and it's kind of, I'm open to, you know, not thinking that way and changing my mindset on it because I do get anxious and I think it's normal and it's okay. And I've had like, um, one time I had a, an anxiety attack when I was in high school or like a panic attack like that. And I actually had to leave. And my friend, it was so funny. We still talk about it. It's not funny, but my friend this day, cause she didn't know, and she's never met anyone that has had that before. And it was like the second time that it ever happened to me. And I was just like, I'm going to faint. I'm out of breath. Like I have, I like, it just like hit me like a truck. And we were in class and she took me out of class. And she was sitting there like, they're there. I'm calling your mom. <laughs> she called your mom. She called yeah. the system. Yeah. So she called my mom. They came over. They, I drove to school. They drove my car back. But it we laugh to this day because now she's actually, um, she's very, she has a PhD in women's studies and she's in way more knowledge in the area. And she's like, I laugh because I just really didn't know what you were going through that you had. And for me, what I was mainly anxious about is we were in um, dual enrollment. So we were doing college in high school and we took classes that I think to myself, I don't know why I put so much pressure to myself. We had classes at 8 p.m. and we're in high school in the college campus and we're here like I think I had nine classes at one time and I'm like I just had an anxiety attack and my friend was like are you okay she had no idea what to do but I know that was a tangent but that was just my guess my experience in that in the most um like an anxiety attack that I ever had so yeah I mean a first panic attack or a first anxiety Mm -hmm. attack that was your first one it can um it can just feel really scary what where is this coming from we feel like we lack control uh, Mm -hmm. over the thing that we really want to be in control of our mind Mm -hmm. yeah yeah really it can be really unfamiliar experience by the way that's a great um opportunity for those who who those who practice um those who experience Mm -hmm. panic attacks don't Mm -hmm. be practicing panic attacks yeah (laughs) Those who are experiencing them, um, practicing breathing, mm-hmm. the breath there is going to, you know, the mind and body are inextricably connected. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we're slowing down one, the other is likely to follow. So mm-hmm. we just want to really slow everything down. The breath. Yeah. yeah, that's great advice. And again, that was just a little tangent that I had, but that was, I felt like it was useful to share that little token of what happened because that was something that happened and again I was I think I must have been 15 and my parents didn't know about therapy or they they had known about it but they didn't think okay she should seek it it was really I need I need to slow down and relax I was putting so much pressure on myself in school so I think back in that time and I always like kind of go back to it I'm like okay if I'm ever too stressed out I kind of remember like how I was feeling it's like we don't want to get back to that again and so I learned from that experience because I really like um, overworked myself 
a lot. And I, and for anyone who knows me or anyone who's like, I, they know I'm an overworker. I'll work as much as possible. So I guess I'm also taking notes for this conversation as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone else listening does too. Maybe mm-hmm. you're through what you're going through, or what you did when you were 15. Yes. I hope so as well. And so to kind of go back into the fears of beginning therapy, yeah. what are um, some other, you know, fears that you've seen along the way? Because I know you had a list. So I wanted to see if we want to get back into it. Yeah. yeah. So number three. So right last we talked about, we were talking about a fear that therapy may not help people. Mm-hmm. This one um, I think is really rich and it's a fear that therapy will help them. Oh, interesting. <laughs> you know, like I don't want to change. <laughs> well, essentially, yeah. I mean, how many times uh, have we kept ourselves in maybe an unhealthy or a toxic mm-hmm. dynamic or um, something of the sort where a voice in our head kind of tells us we shouldn't be in this or we've outgrown this, um, but we really don't want to let go or we're just not ready to let go. Um, I think to get therapy is to heal. And so sometimes we need to sacrifice some things or some people along the way in our healing mm-hmm. process which just can be so scary. Um, so some people are afraid of losing that last connection to that thing that's caused them so much pain because maybe that's also the thing that's given them a lot of highs mm-hmm. at the same time. So um, one thing that I would speak to this fear on and say is healing takes a lot of time. So a lot of the process can actually be exploring the meaning of this attachment to you, what it's doing for you, what it's not doing for you anymore. And through collaborative work with your therapist and working at a pace that feels hopefully right to you, um, you can arrive at a place um, ideally where you feel ready to walk away, um, ready to sacrifice certain people in your life if you have to, um, not forced into it. You know. Yeah, I think that's such an interesting, um, you know, what you brought up, because I guess that is that is true, because maybe some people, if they're going through a traumatic or not traumatic, but maybe just a really negative relationship or anything that's causing them that, that depression, that anxiety or those bad habits, like they do have to learn to let go of those people and that could be scary. That must be really challenging as a therapist to go through that specific. It's, it's, fear. Really, <laughs> it's interesting work. And I think that's a good point that for therapists too, it can be challenging. Work. Mm-hmm. But um, these are the things that we're trained in. These are the things that the hopefully we're, we're wanting to do. And so mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of collaboration that goes on in the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like the, I guess I never really thought about therapy being like a collaborative setting because I, I guess I've always thought that it's kind of, I have to go in there and like really give the information, obviously take what I can from the therapist, but I think that is important what you said, like it's a collaborative setting. Yeah. I think that's yeah. really important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, maybe a fourth fear we can dive into a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, because we're kind of, we're kind of hitting on it a little bit here is one where, and I think that this is sometimes, this fear is a little bit more, um, Mm -hmm. can 
unconscious for the patient at times, um, mm -hmm. but a, a fear that the defense mechanisms that we've had in place in order to survive with a certain dynamic will mm -hmm. unfold. Mm -hmm. um, and by that, I mean, so think of growing up in a dysfunctional family dynamic, for instance, mm -hmm. um, we learn certain behaviors to maintain some type of equilibrium that can keep us functioning, like maybe rationalization or suppression um, to keep the family dynamic. And then eventually these defense mechanisms can kind of wear off or um, in terms of how they're helping us or spill into other parts of our life and create a lot of obstacles for us. Um, so sometimes we fear that entering into therapy will break us down somehow when having to confront that pain um, mm -hmm. or past pain, which really boils down to a fear of emotion. Mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> really talk about it. And so, um, I mean, I think that this fear makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Our instincts like to guide us away from pain and discomfort as mm -hmm. human So therapy asks us to essentially look past the immediate discomfort and imagine an end result that embodies relief somehow. And it's hard to look that forward. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Especially where most people are comfortable with being comfortable. And that's something that I, that I speak on when it comes to business and, you know, in the sense of that aspect. And so in like what we speak about and just begin, it's like, it's okay to be uncomfortable just begin and it's so funny when I'm thinking of this advice that I've given when I haven't when I think of in this setting and how I haven't applied the I guess the advice I've given <laughs> into this aspect which is so important and I think that it's a, like a full like 180 here what I'm thinking of like the advice I'm hearing you say I've heard it in the sense and and given it when it comes to like women starting their own businesses or small businesses and stuff. So it's kind of funny <laughs> when I hear about it. <laughs> Sometimes we hear this yeah. thing that we've heard over and over again in a different life, uh, yeah. different light, said by a different person, and it just completely clicks in a new yeah, way. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> I'm know? just like, wow. Yeah, it, it, it's just like hearing you say those things. I'm like, wow, it's kind of, when you think about it, it's like we are, you're, you're like the biggest project you could ever work on, you know, like you are so like way more than a business and we should be giving ourselves the same amount of energy that we do into our business and to ourselves. And I think this conversation has been so useful in the sense of, you know, if you are someone listening who is, who's thought about therapy, you have FOMO like me, when it comes to therapy, you should definitely seek, seek it or just do some research. And I think Olivia, you've given some really great tools on, to research and go to SocDoc, like you said, and there's psychology. Today. What was today? Um, yeah, and so there are some tools out there, and you know, I think it it is super important. It's inspired me to definitely like start that journey soon because I I had it's all it's been in my mind, and I think it's time. <laughs> I'm so happy that it's feeling empowering too. Yes, I really have enjoyed this conversation and I still want to get into just a little bit more because I know that there are some other fears that you have listed here. So I definitely want to get through all of them. Yeah. We can dive into the next. Two yes. And, and then, yeah, we can begin to wrap mm -hmm. up after. Um, so, I mean, I think shame is a really common experience that keeps mm -hmm. us from seeking therapy. Mm -hmm. um, so 
so maybe in this case, it looks like a fear of being exposed. Um, mm-hmm. So we talked a little bit about social stigma before, but sometimes it can feel just really scary to share the deepest parts of ourselves with someone else, even if we really do want to start therapy and we're mm-hmm. all about it um, because we fear judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is where that therapeutic relationship that we were talking about comes in and can be kind of the most pivotal part um, of healing in some ways, because you, the therapeutic relationship kind of surrounds a level of trust and safety, where mm-hmm. ideally you reach that point where you can feel safe enough to mm-hmm. talk your therapist and tell them your secrets um, because you develop this understanding kind of organically that they're not there to sit there and judge you. They're Mm -hmm. there to work toward um, things with compassion and understanding over Mm -hmm. what what the shame means to you or what these secrets, so to speak, mean to you. So Mm -hmm. that's one. And then my last one, I was thinking about this the other day. So maybe a fear. Mm that will have to do something radical in therapy if we were to confront the truth of our feelings. Mm-hmm. Meaning, what if I start therapy and I'm told I need to have an inter- intervention with my mom, I've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, or <laughs> what if I'm told I have to confront that person that hurt me all these years ago or did that thing to me, or I'm told that I need to leave my partner. Um, yeah. When actually <laughs> healing work is just sometimes letting the power of your story and your words hit the air mm-hmm. um, and, and hearing the truth of them hit the air. And therapy doesn't force you into doing anything that you don't feel safe or comfortable enough to do. So mm-hmm. when you have the right therapist for you, um, and I do recommend you keep searching until you do because mm-hmm. they're out there somewhere, um, you are the boss in therapy. Mm, interesting so, yeah yeah <laughs> I do say yeah my yeah. the boss in the room um mm-hmm. you can say what you're comfortable with you can mm-hmm. say what you're not ready for what you don't feel capable of um and ideally your therapist should respect that maybe help you explore that a little bit mm-hmm. and um a secret from a therapist is we want to hear it Mm-hmm. Um, we want to hear if you're angry with us, if you're uncomfortable with something, if something isn't working, um, that's, that's the work. It really helps you <laughs> understand, you know, help you kind yeah. of navigate and figure out the right tools to help your patient. So I think that's such great advice because I, I, you know, sometimes you are scared to, especially there when there's someone in the room that's kind of the expert, you don't feel like you can say, say to them, like, actually, that hasn't been working for me. And I think that's, you know, maybe that's just conditioning that we've had. And I laugh, the first thing I thought in my head, too, is, I don't know, you sometimes, when women, we go to the nail salon or anyone, like, when someone messes up, you don't want to tell them that they messed up. Yeah, (laughs) like, you just feel like, no, I'm okay, I will just deal with this. And it's totally fine. (laughs) But I think, (laughs) yeah. So it is important to, to, you know, be an advocate and speak up for yourself. And I guess kind of one of my last questions in, for this conversation is what are some questions that um, the patient should ask the therapist when they're searching um, for different, when they're finding, when they're trying to find the right therapist? Yeah. Well, that would totally depend on what your mm-hmm. questions are and what's important to you. Some questions that I'm hearing being asked often is um do you have training in cultural competency um or if mm-hmm. i'm coming in for trauma 
um, related issues. Maybe um, um, do you have training in working with trauma? Mm -hmm. um, so it could be specific to what you go through. Um, and okay. Find that questions, if any, will come up along the way. Um, and that might involve, again, feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Yeah. The question. Um, but, you know, I, I think, again, um, feeling empowered in the therapeutic space to be the boss of your own therapy, right? You're coming and investing in financially, emotionally, and physically in this service. Um, hopefully, you get to a place where you can feel like this, you can say, this isn't working, or this is a question that came up for me. And your therapist should ideally be responsive to that. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Olivia, for sharing all your knowledge with us. And I feel like we can cut into so much more detail and speak about more things. I have so many, like, there's so many other questions and things I want to know, but I would be excited to like, you know, start um, seek, go into starting therapy and then maybe kind of circling back in this conversation and like a part two in the sense of what I've learned from it as um, now that I've <laughs> taken on the fear of beginning and have started. So again, thank you so much for everyone who's listening. If you could just share with them how to reach you, your social, your, any, how to get in contact with you. Yeah, so there's two different ways. Again, I work at this um, group practice that I'm super proud to work at with some excellent clinicians um, working by my side. And they, you can reach the practice and then me um, mm -hmm. through Let's Talk Psychological Wellness is the name of the practice and signing up for a phone consult online. Um, and then if you wanted to work with me, you would just say, I'm interested in working with Olivia, or you can scroll through the website of um, therapists and see all the different types of, again, orientation mm -hmm. messages they have. Another way to reach me more directly is by email. Um, my professional email is mary, M-A-R-Y dot Olivia. My first name's Mary, but I go by Olivia. By the oh, way. okay. <laughs> I go by Olivia. Yeah. <laughs> um, mary.olivia at talkingforwellness.com. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much. Everyone, please get in contact with Olivia. You have, I have learned so much from this conversation. I'm going to take away a lot of things that we've spoken about. So well, it was you. such a pleasure to talk with you today, Molly. Good luck with everything. Thank um, you. I'm excited to hear your next podcast you have in store for us. And I'll talk to you soon. Yes, thank you.